When the shouts of Hosanna are silent and the palms are just dust on the road, when the leftover bread becomes stale and the wine sours in uselessness, when the bleak cross has become silent and the crowds have returned home, when the awesome tomb is found empty and the moving of the Spirit is felt, then Easter begins when the heart affirms each morning, each evening, Christ the Lord is risen today. A soft word from the Trappist monk and contemplative Thomas Merton. The grace of Easter is a great silence, an immense tranquility, and a clean taste in your soul. And words from the writer James Angle. Easter is the gift of life because it is the gift of seeing. The power to hope, the will to believe that beyond all we know is God and life and that our lives are forever mortgaged to both these realities. To believe all that we know, to believe beyond all that we know. Well, last week, of course, was Easter. There was great fanfare. We had brass and timpani. We had music that just lifted the practically lifted the roof right off this sanctuary. The sanctuary was full, not only full of people, but full of God's joyful good news in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And last week, we, we explored a sermon entitled, Who is God? Beyond all that we know is God. God is a mystery. And included in that mystery, for those of us who are Easter people, is the mystery of resurrection. Last week, we looked at Jesus' resurrection, and I asked the question, yes or no? Is it really true? And we affirmed all throughout Lent questions, how important questions are in our faith as we're driven deeper and deeper in our exploration and also our finite understanding. But now it's as though God asks us a question here on this side of our Easter celebration. Yes or no? In response to the gift, to the life, and to the love, God is asking What will you intend to do now? Living your yes. That's our sermon series for this Eastertide season, a time of spring. When we, after all our questioning, get to look at how we might respond with our yes, provisional as it might be, uncertain as it certainly is, because we don't have all the answers. But we can make some affirmations. We can say yes to something or someone. There is a mystery in resurrection, and it is a miracle. But there are always more miracles than meet the eye. And yet not, it doesn't always have to be nature-defying miracles. I'm sure you know of 
minor miracles in your own life. Times when you thought you couldn't get through something and something unexpected happened and you were given the grace, you were given the resources, you were given the energy to somehow make it through. Think of some of the difficult times in your life, perhaps, when you needed something beyond yourself. And it came. It came as a presence, maybe through another person, through an insight, some thought in the middle of the night, I don't know. But these things happen. And they don't have to defy the laws of nature. And yet they are mysterious miracles that empower us to be more than we thought we could ever be. Resurrection has to do with eternal life, and we're going to deal with that in a few weeks as part of this series. So we'll come to that later. I can't talk too much about it because I've never been there, but we will explore it. Resurrection, however, in the context I want to focus on today has to do with newness of life now. You see, resurrection isn't just something that happens on the other side of death. Resurrection is a power and a presence that can happen now. And we can talk about that. So the central, one of the central invitations of the Bible is to embrace newness. To embrace newness. And this newness comes from God and is possible because of who God is. It is newness that we cannot invent, and most often we do not think it can happen. Most of us are heavily committed to what is old and exhausted, and we have quit hoping that God can do his newness among us. I think some of you may know the nine deadliest words in the church. You know the nine deadliest words in the church? We tried that once before and it didn't work. Or when someone greets you and say, hey, what's new? And you reply, oh, same old, same old. Same old, same old. Last Sunday when... Our children gathered out on the lawn after the first service. I don't know if you were here for that at that time. Um, but there was just incredible energy and excitement out there. Eggs were everywhere, the plastic eggs, you know, that were filled with goodies and treats for the kids. And, and uh, I, I remembered a children's sermon I did years ago when our kids were little. I, I actually got a baby chick. And I put it in one of those big leg egg, remember those plastic leg eggs things that pantyhose used to come in? Um, and I poked a few holes in it, and I put this chick in there. And I asked the kids when I got up front if they knew what was in there. And they guessed everything except a live chick. And then there it was. And I was, I was reminded of that. Um, you know, all kinds of things can happen when we think about eggs. But in light of that and preparing for today, I, I thought of these words of C.S. Lewis. He said, I recalled, he said, um, it may be hard for an egg to turn into a bird. It would be a jolly sight harder for it to learn to fly while remaining an egg. We're like eggs at present, and you can't go on indefinitely being just an ordinary, decent egg. We must be hatched or go bad. It was the wonderful preacher Phillips Brooks who also said, the great Easter truth is not that we are to live newly after death. That is not the great thing, but that we are to be new here and now by the power of resurrection. So let's turn to our Romans passage for just a moment more. As we think about how 
Paul was writing to the church there, and, and he was caught up in the power of the resurrection. And he said, what then are we to do? Are we to sin more that grace may abound? By no means. He said, how can we who died to sin, we've given up the old way, how can we go on living? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? You know, when Jesus was put under the water, remember Jesus' baptism in the River Jordan? It's not like what we do here where we sprinkle and we use the symbolic uh, water from, from our baptismal font. No, Jesus was actually pushed under the water by John. The symbolism was drowning. It was dying to a self-centered self so that one could rise from the water and be born to a God-centered self. So the, the image of death and resurrection were present in Jesus' baptism. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Paul got that. Therefore, we've been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, so too might we walk, here it is, that we too might walk in newness of life. That's where our scripture, I mean our sermon title comes from today. That we might walk in newness of life after the hope and promise of death and then resurrection. For we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that the old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved by sin. For whoever has died is free from sin. Paul's talking about now. He's not talking about some pie-in-the-sky thing happening later. He's talking about now. For whoever has died is free from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. No Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And he's not talking about later. He's talking about now. That we can be alive to God, that we can be fully alive with fullness of life now. And that is a wonderful thing. Because at times, we're like old Lazarus. You remember Lazarus? In the tomb. And yet voices within and without are calling us to life again. We are called to leave the tomb that we have shaped by our fear, disunity, racism, all the things that separate us one from another, and it is God who calls us to life. God is calling us to life through one another and others around us. In our stirring, we are aware of pain. Yes, life is full of pain. It is pain we do not fully understand, and we hurt. But when we hurt, we know we're alive. So there's hope. The community of friends who wept will still wait for us to emerge from the tomb and join the living. We want to move, and we are still wrapped in our burial clothes. That's what Paul was talking about, being buried with Christ. But that's not the final word. 
There's newness of life. There's newness of life here and now. I'd like to share an adaptation from a poem by Joe Winkowich from a collection called Poems for the Healing Journey. And it goes like this. Lord, today I feel like a used firecracker, a balloon with a hole in it, a dried up pin, an empty soda pop can, a worn out shoe, a discarded blob of bubblegum, a crumpled up yesterday's newspaper. Sometimes I feel worthless. Lord, and it seems I can't do anything right. Please close my mouth when I need to listen. Refill this empty shell with your presence, Lord. Remind me that I'm special, if only because when you died on the cross, you did it for me. Recycle me into something that will be used for your glory as you pick me up with your resurrection power along the highway of your promised new life. That's contemporary language for our passage from Romans. So then we have our other passage from Philippians. And that is chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. Yet whatever gains I had, these I come to regard as loss because of Christ. And, and you know, Paul had quite a pedigree. He really did. He had a lot to boast of as a good Jew. He was well-educated and had a good pedigree, good background, good parents. But more than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish. That's a polite word for the word Paul actually used. <clears throat> Another polite word would be crap. And you can think of the S word. That's really what Paul was talking about. I count it as just yuck because of everything yet to come. That I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it on my own, but this one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind, I press on to the one thing, to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's our call. To press on to the one thing, to the upward, to the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's newness of life. That's what Paul's talking about. We have deaths and we have resurrections. Parts of us can die so that something can be new. That's true for us as individuals. It's also true for congregations. Sometimes things have to die so that something new can be born. Newness of life. John Bunnell, in his book, Psychology for Pastor and People, wrote this. Make every day a day of new beginnings and a fresh consecration to the service of God. Having sought and found God's forgiveness for the wrongs of the past, turn your back resolutely on these failures. Press on toward the one thing. Remind you of Paul. 
Press, turn your back resolutely on these failures and face the new, which by the grace of God is opening up before you. In the mystery of resurrection, we are in relationship with the one who speaks newness, who dismantles what is old in our lives and who calls us to welcome and live toward his newness. I had a time in my life when I went through a really, really dark, difficult time. I questioned God. I questioned my faith in God. I was in a deep, dark pit. That's, that's the language of the psalmist. He talked about a pit, a dark pit, a place you don't feel you can get out of. And I was in that place, and it was only through the help of others and a patient God that I eventually was able to see some light and find my way forward. That, for me, was a death and a resurrection. And I have discovered that the more I can rely on God, it's a process that happens every day. Every night when I go to sleep, I let go of control. I have to let go of myself. And every morning I have to make a conscious decision to arise to claim my faith, and to be born anew into the resurrection promise. That newness of life is offered to us today. But not only today, but each and every day. The choice is ours, and God opens to us this transformative power in our lives, often in the empty, dead spaces and places of our being. Sometimes it happens as a surprise. Because when I was in that deep, dark place, out of the blue, I received a letter back when people wrote letters. I received a letter from a, an old seminary friend. It had been years since I had heard from this person. And they just, somehow, I had come to mind, and they just wanted to reach out, and they wrote a long, handwritten letter, just checking in, asking how I was doing and telling me what had been going on in their life for the past decade or so. This person didn't know that I was in a bad place. But when I read that letter, something changed in me. And it was the way out of that pit. That miracle for me didn't defy the laws of nature. But it was something that touched my spirit so deeply that I have never forgotten it. You see, we can experience resurrection here and now. Because no matter what's dead in your life, God offers the possibility of newness of life. We just have to open ourselves and be ready when the gift comes. So, thanks be to God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and for our resurrections and the newness of life now. Now. Amen.